0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome, man. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. with Jeremy Thompson. I am Jay White. Good morning to you. Wilts is out this week. He is uh, under the weather. He had that thing where he went and got a flu shot. Now he feels like he's got the flu. Um, Dr. Jimmy will be on uh, after us. And he will
2: dispel that. Well, it's
1: not. He he won't dispel. it. It's a thing that happens, but he'll tell you why a little bit of that happens. Oh, okay, okay. It is a real thing.
2: Not the do-do-do conspiracy. Right, right,
1: right. I don't want some certain people to call from that one place with the thing. But anyway, they'll tell you. They're (laughs) gonna. Without question, they will. But uh, he'll tell you a little bit about what goes into that whole thing. I've heard him, um, he and his predecessor, Dr. Rick DeShazo, had to go over that. Time and time and time and time again. But anyway, we feel for uh, Wilts and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, hope that he is back soon. We'll we'll talk to him next week. But uh, Jeremy Thompson is with me this morning, uh, owner of Computer Doctors in Hattiesburg. Jeremy, good morning. What's going
3: on?
4: Good morning. Just uh, ready to do the show, man. Uh, Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and uh, we got a lot of cool tech news going on, so uh, let's do it. uh,
1: Computer doctors and phone surgeons in Hattiesburg. I mentioned to you um, uh, uh, some of the bigger news. Uh, A lot of people are... are I guess they're flipping out because we've got a, a release date for the PS5, which is going to be in time for the holidays in 2020. Uh, quite uh, the promo tour uh, they've, they have to do now. And I always wonder, does this make the PlayStation 4 kind of lame duck? What's your thought on that? I mean, does do they risk, especially with the price tag that these next-gen systems are going to have, do they risk kind of tanking sales for the current-gen systems uh, with people I guess maybe having to like not just gear up but save up for that next gen system.
4: Well, I think uh a lot of that is uh based on how old uh the current system is. And the PS four was released in what, uh two thousand fourteen? Yeah, I they've believe. Got, they've got a lot of runoff of it. Yeah, so uh, they you know they run it out as long as they can, and they kind of watch their, their sales, I would imagine. And then once they see them start to uh, dip, that's when they decide it's time to release the new one. But, you know, not only did did we get uh, details about the PS5, but we also got its official name, <laughs> PS5.
1: Right. There was, think, uh, um, there was much consternation all, about that.
4: Right, yeah. We were all calling it that... Uh, Long before we knew the actual reveal, but, you know, just uh, had a feeling they were going to go with the 5 after the 4. Um, but, yeah, there's uh, this, this new one, it, it, it does it make the old one lame duck? I, I don't think so because there are still people out there that are playing their PS3s that are just now going to be upgrading to a PS4 because they will drop in price. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the PS4 has actually dropped in price a lot because they released the PS Slim. And that was like at at points that was like a a two hundred dollar console, I think they had it on sale for, so yeah. um it was pretty accessible to to a lot more people down from the four hundred five hundred dollar price range uh but they've got the pro up there in but uh yeah this is uh this is gonna be really cool they've got uh new uh improvements on the controller it's gonna have haptic feedback rather than vibrating, so it's gonna be more like your phone, where it uh, it can do a lot of different um, interactions with you based on how, how it's touched. And uh, they say uh, that the, uh, the triggers on it are going to have some kind of interesting feedback on those as well. I'm wow. curious to see how they integrate all this and how they make it work in a controller and uh, don't have issues with it, kind of like uh, Nintendo has had with their uh, Joy-Cons. So
1: very interesting.
4: You, you know, they always add all these bells and whistles on there, and you know, it, it, every time you add a new one, it can create a new problem. But well, I mean, they have know, Sony. It
1: has been five years in the making, so you would think that before right. they go ahead and you know drop this bomb on everybody, that they would uh, they would have their ducks in a row, so to speak.
4: Well, I I agree. Uh, that's why you know I, I use Nintendo as an example because. The Joy-Con drift issue that they've been dealing with is on the Switch only, and I don't think any of the other ones ever had any kind of an issue like that. Yeah. So even though they do put a lot of R&D into it, you have to wonder, is this really going to work the way that they claim it will or will it create more issues? But like you said, uh, they've been working on it for five years, so hopefully they've got the uh, the bugs pretty much ironed out of it since they're about to bring it to the masses,
1: and it seems to me like the PlayStation has been about as rock solid as a platform could be, uh, a console yes. platform could be. I mean, it, it has had almost no real issues to deal with. I know you know Xbox has had, depending on which one you play and how far back you go, it's had varying degrees of issues. But uh, and and the naming thing, which I you mentioned, and a lot of people were talking about, I like that they kept it simple uh you know maybe uh, they were they were laid a path to go and and keep it simple by Xbox uh, and by Microsoft who's you know they've done a lot of different things with ones and x's it's kind of like uh math problems I'm trying to figure yeah, out I, like uh, the you, the you, Xbox 1x that's i mean that sounds like a, a an algebra formulation to me i don't
4: i I agree and you never know what Microsoft is going to name their consoles, so I do like the fact that Sony's just like, um, let's just add a, let's just add one, and and we're back on five. We We'll just, right. just keep it basic. For people. <laughs> I like it.
1: PS Five, man, how hard is that? That's not that hard, right? No, it's, no, a, it's, it's easy a, to
4: remember because the last one was the four. So,
1: absolutely. Um, I'm going to dig into the email here, which is something that I uh, forget to do uh, all the time. But um, we touched on something last week that I think a lot of people have had issues with, and that's with different types of emails, including Yahoo. And you mentioned something about porting um, your, your Yahoo, or if it is that your provider gives you an email address and you're having issues with that, porting that over to uh, your Gmail. If you could, um, you know, kind of from the 10,000-foot the view, can you kind of give us a, a, an overview of what, of what goes into that again?
4: Uh, sure. So uh, the first step is to create an account with Google, uh, so that you have a, a new email address to move your emails over to. So you know, pick something you want to use and give all your friends and family because that's going to be your new email address. Uh, and once you've made that account with Google, uh, you go to your Gmail account and then uh, you go into the settings menu and then you uh, you add your Yahoo or at and or AOL account, whatever account you have, you add it to uh, the, uh, the list of accounts there and you import all of your settings from the other accounts. So at that point, it starts pulling your emails from your old account to the Gmail account and then you get all the spam filtering features. Um, there is one important step. When you go in and you do this, it's going to ask you if you want to link it with something called Gmailify. You want to make sure you say yes to that so that you get all of the spam filtering. If you don't do that, then it just pulls your emails over as if they were just coming directly from uh, the server.
1: There you go. Excellent. And um, uh, if the folks who – we had a couple of people email about that. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll try to, uh, you know, clip that audio you just gave us right there up and send it to him. If not, we can, uh, you can always listen again. Uh, if you missed it or came in there late, you can listen to the show. Uh, you can uh, download the podcast or you can go to our website, mpbonline.org and find the Everyday Tech page and, uh, also our Everyday Tech page on Facebook. Uh, so and a, you can
4: also make sure, uh, you can also email us, uh, everydaytech at org. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> And uh if you if you do want the specific instructions I would just be happy to forward them to you uh what you know all the instructions bit by bit uh so just shoot us an email and I'll be more than happy to forward that information to you.
1: Right, and say I got to forward that email to you so you can do that. I'm the weak link here. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morris emails and he says uh, uh, hey Wilts and Jeremy I have a question about possible malware in PDF files. I use a MacBook Pro. I love learning foreign languages, and I frequently visit uh, italki.com, might be said differently, where I can schedule a foreign language lesson with a professor, teacher, or tutor. We usually use Skype for these lessons, and sometimes the teacher or tutor will send me a PDF through Skype for the lesson. I know Adobe files can sometimes contain JavaScript. My question is, can PDF files contain malware using JavaScript and infect a MacBook Pro? That's uh, from Morris in Raymond.
4: OK, so when I got this email, uh, I was I was really impressed because uh, usually um, our listeners, they don't um, they don't understand this level of uh, right. malware delivery. You know, this is this is rather sophisticated. So when I got this question, I was like, wow. Uh, this is this is a really cool one to answer. Uh, yes, it is uh, It is definitely possible for a PDF to be modified because PDFs do use JavaScript. So you always want to be careful about what you open, uh, whom it comes from. Uh, that said, if you're doing an online course, if it's sent to you by a teacher, uh, it's most likely okay. You want to make sure you look at the email. You want to make sure that it, it looks like it's... It, legitimately came from your teacher, because it's always possible that their email or something could get hacked and they could start sending out malicious PDFs. Uh, So you want to be careful uh, and you do want to make sure that you scan files before you open them with your virus protection.
1: There you go. That's uh, another email that we got. I mean, I'm loving this, man. We're knocking all the emails out. Uh, We have one from Ann here uh, that says, Dear EDT, maybe that's what we should start calling ourselves, EDT. Uh, and by the way, JavaScript. If if Java, our uh, producer, ever wants to become a pro wrestler, his uh, finishing move needs to be some sort of submission called the JavaScript. Uh, oh yeah! And then he'll he would never lose. You put that JavaScript on him; it's over with. Anyway, dear EDT, this is from Ann. She says, "I love your podcasts and have been overdosing on them." Uh, to pace yourself now. Why don't you do a show devoted to Chromebooks? I love my Chromebook. Also, how about a show such as Electronics on a Budget or Computing on the Cheap? How about that? Uh, and she bought Wilt, both of Wilt's books and she said she learned a lot. Thank you for writing them because I I'm a want to be nerd and need your simple language uh and asked about a a book about chromebooks possibly and that's from ann and ann is over the moon for chromebooks so tell me a little bit about um i know um chromebooks is one of the things that uh or there has been a new uh announcement and a release of chromebooks here recently as part of uh, what google's getting ready to do for the holiday season
4: uh you know uh, i haven't used a Chromebook in some time, so uh, <laughs> admittedly, I I am not uh, a big proponent of them simply because they are limited in what they can do. But it's great that uh, Anne found something that meets her needs uh so uh sufficiently i will uh look that up on the break and see if i can get back to you with some more info on the new chromebook because i was more on top of that new surface uh oh absolutely really exciting but um i do want to say that it's really cool that she's a want-to-be nerd yeah and you're not a want-to-be nerd if you're pursuing the knowledge you're already there you're you're i'm you're officially a nerd so congratulations um welcome uh, to being one of us, just just continue to to learn and and stack on what you already know, and it 's great that uh, you 've got that pursuit of knowledge because that's that 's what 's most important about learning this stuff is knowing that you don 't know and that you can find out
1: i think if you the Chromebook is interesting, and at least the ones that that I have used, we have um a kind of i don 't want to say dated set but a little bit of an older set that we have here uh in the studios actually I'm I, I'm on one now and it's great for us because you know d- to share information and to you know to have information available that we can grab off the cloud real fast we use a bunch of Google products and so we have a Chromebook right here and it ties it all together it's very it's it's small um and and the size that we have in this area the table anyway is It's a bunch of microphones. It doesn't give a lot of space for a gigantic computer to sit here, so it works really well in that fashion. But I think if you figure out what the Chromebook offers you and if that fits into your mode of operation every day, the Chromebook can can be a thing that cuts away a lot of the excess that you can get out of both PCs and laptops, and that can be a great thing. Uh, if if it's right in your wheelhouse. Now, if you want to do like like you just talked about with the Surface and maybe this is just uh, you and I pursuing excess here. But I mean, I have a <laughs> I have a Surface Pro also. And if you want to be able to have a laptop that also can work as a tablet, that's basically a PC in your hand. Um, then the, the Chromebook is not the way to go because it cuts a lot of that stuff out, but that's by design. And so it's, it, it gives you both options. You can go either way.
4: Well, I do respect the Chromebook because when, uh, it comes to having issues with like viruses or anything like that, they're almost non-existent because they're not very widely used. Um, so uh, there there are great benefits to them as far as uh, honing in that experience, like you said, and, and just um, uh, cutting through some of the chaff. Uh, but as they become more like Android tablets, as, as they support the apps and such, you're going to see that kind of uh, disappear, and there's going to be more of a bridge between that PC feel, like you were saying. So uh, a lot of them do support uh, Android apps now. It's just a matter of finding ones that actually – are formatted for that device, uh, which can be a little bit difficult. But um, as as they get more popular and as, as the operating system gets more advanced, they will have more apps that hone that experience for people. So uh, PCs will be, or, or devices running Windows or Mac will be uh, less useful to some people because they just don't need all the extras.
1: Yeah. And in by, by and large, they're far more uh, financially accessible than many of yes. the other things like the big, wide-open uh, Surface Pro like we talked about. Let's take our first break here. The number you can call to be a part of the show this morning is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can email us, everydaytech, at mpbonline.org. You can call us up with any of your your questions, your comments, your thoughts on what's been going on, what's been released. We talked a little bit about the PlayStation 5. Um, I meant to ask this, but we got tied up in the emails. I was all excited because I remembered it, so I went straight to it. But uh, I do want to ask Jeremy when we come back how he thinks uh, online gaming may play into the future of console gaming. And we'll do that and take your calls as well when we come back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial one mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy Thompson. I am Jay White. Wiltz is out today with the flu shot. And... Uh Pierre doesn't want to be putting him on Front Street like that, so my apologies in advance. But we are here taking your calls today. One eight seven seven MPB Ring. One eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Don't worry, Wilts. Java's going to put me in the JavaScript after the show for my troubles. Uh, let's go straight to the phones, uh, Jeremy. We've got Ruth who is up first in Wiggins. Ruth, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. This is
5: the first time I've called in, and and um, I'm gonna try to get quickly to the question because I'm afraid I'll bundle it up.
1: That's all right. I, Go ahead.
5: I'm I'm out here in the woods by myself. My sister's not here right now, and my the only access I have to the internet is uh, Wi-Fi. And then my and my Kindle. So my Kindle died, hmm. and but I still got Wi-Fi. So I pulled out my old uh, a laptop and plugged it in, and it's working, but I was just wondering, it's just running right now, and so I was wondering if I need to pl- have a cord plugged into the Wi-Fi and the laptop, or if um, if that's supposed to work just by plugging, connecting the, the computer to the Wi-Fi.
4: Well, Ruth, depending on how old the laptop is, it could have a wireless built into it, it, it should. Uh, do you know if it's running Windows Seven, uh, um, Windows XP? Does it have a little logo on it or anything? Um,
5: I think it's very old. It's uh, I got it back in 2011. Someone bought it hmm. for me, and so it's it's very old. But I was just wanting some uh, back in these uh, this log cabin back here. I needed access to the world. And well, I-
4: 2011 is still. Uh, it should be uh, new enough that it has wireless built into it. There weren't a lot of laptops that were manufactured at that time that didn't. Um, so it should support wireless. So all you got to do is look down there by your clock, and there should be a little um, set of antennas or uh, some little waves. If you can click on those, you should be able to see the wireless networks that are around you, uh-huh. and then you should be able to connect to that Wi-Fi signal.
5: Okay, well, here's the situation, is what I'm trying to say. Is it's just running, and it's like it's not connected to it, but it says Windows, and it's and it's just running, and and it's not giving me a, it's not stopping.
4: Uh, so, w- when you say it's running and it's not stopping, what what's on the screen exactly? what, what is it doing?
5: It says uh, Windows on it, and it's, uh, there's a little square there, and it's just. Just uh, run, that little square is running, trying, like trying to mm-hmm. connect to something.
4: Okay, uh, the square is in the bottom right corner?
5: No, it's in the like bottom left. Uh, bottom bottom left. Bottom left. Okay, center.
4: so so when you click on it, nothing happens? Correct, correct. It sounds like your machine may be frozen or there may be a problem with Windows itself. Um, have you tried turning the device off and turning it back on?
5: I have, hmm
4: Okay. Yeah. Um, it sounds like there may be a problem with the memory in the laptop, or there's something wrong with the installation. It could be your hard drive. There are lots of different issues that it could be, but it sounds like you need to take it into a shop and get them to check it out and see if they can tell you just exactly what's wrong with it, because it sounds like Windows is being hung up by some kind of other problem.
5: Okay, that's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure, and I guess I'll have to take it to the computer doctor. I'm just about 45 miles from there. so and There you go. Okay I, uh, we'll be
4: happy to help you out yes ma'am. Uh, but anybody uh, should be able to diagnose that if there is a technician that's closer to you. Uh, it's it, 45 minutes good ways to drive not saying we, we wouldn't appreciate your business, but always uh, an issue like that uh, any tech guy should be able to at least diagnose it and tell you yeah, it seems like it's uh, you know the memory or a hard drive or something like that.
5: Okay, thanks very
4: much. All yes, right, ma'am. we
1: appreciate it. She said your, her Kindle died. How how difficult are Kindles to repair or work on, or is it even worth it?
4: Uh, well, some of them, uh, I mean, generally when you consider the, uh, the the part plus the labor, it's usually not cost-effective to repair it because they sell them for uh, $30, $40 on yeah. Prime Day and like 80 retail. So uh, usually it's not cost-effective at this point. Um, when they first came out, they were making them with better stuff, uh, so it was cost effective, but it just depends on which one you have, uh, how much you like it, and if you have a bunch of content on it that you need saved uh, or if you just want to save that device for sentimental reasons.
1: Yeah, so if it, it, all things all things being equal, she might just look at getting a new Kindle.
4: Yes. And, be, I mean, and like,
1: being generally the same ballpark financially, right?
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, uh, thanks for the call, Ruth, and we hope everything works out in uh, Wiggins. Stone County call this morning, one eight seven seven mpb ring one 7464 Up next is Esther calling from Oxford. Esther, good morning. Good morning. How are you?
6: Okay, uh, enjoying the uh, show. I have a question about the Apple iPad. I have an Apple iPad that is third generation, and I'm not a tech person at all. And I was trying to read about whether or not to download and install the latest version of the iPad OS, which is 13.1.2. And so I was wondering, do you have any ideas about whether or not I should install it or not? I currently have the 12.4.1.
4: Okay. uh, Are you getting a prompt that says that you can download that?
6: Uh, Yes, I'm getting a prompt that says, you know, we'll try to install this later tonight. And so I always try to check and see you know, the news to see whether or not it's a good thing to, to install and you know, I'm just I just don't want I don't want my iPad to turn into a brick.
4: <laughs> I completely understand and it has happened a lot. Uh, now you say you have the third gen iPad. Are you talking yeah. about the iPad three?
6: Uh well the, it's called the one third generation iPad. That's all I know. And it still
4: it still has the uh, the connector on the bottom that's about um an inch wide uh, to charge it?
6: To charge it, uh, yes. yes. Now, okay. Yes. Uh, Why? Well, yeah. I guess
4: so, a a yeah. Uh, so uh, if that's the uh, if that's the iPad three, um, hmm. that one was discontinued in twenty twelve. So I would say
6: but, uh, um, new. This is new. We just bought this last year.
4: Okay. All right. So that's huh. the iPad Air third gen then. Uh, yes, I
6: guess. Okay. The all right. Generation.
4: So yeah. So. Uh, Big, big difference between those two. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, third-gen iPad Air should uh, more than support the, uh, the 13.1.2 download. Um, It it should not turn your device into a brick, uh, especially if it was made last year. It's the older iPads and iDevices that we caution against doing the upgrades with because it generally uh, makes the performance in those devices dip. Now, that's not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, the older hardware just can't handle what the new uh, software wants to throw at it. But in Uh your case, uh, you're well, well, well within your upgrade uh, bubble let's say so yeah you should be able to safely run that update and it should not cause any issues with the performance of your ipad
6: okay all right when we purchased it i think my husband said put he put 257k on it or something like that so he said mm-hmm. you know you'll probably never fill this up and it should be you should be good to go so
4: yeah so okay. he was talking about the uh the storage that you have on there it's 256 yeah. megabytes uh, or gigabytes uh that you will uh you can put a lot of pictures in 256 gigabytes
6: Okay. All right. All right. So I think I should be safe then to download the newest version you're saying.
4: Yes, ma'am. Sounds okay. good to
6: right. me. I do have one other question, if it's okay.
4: Sure. Uh, well, absolutely.
6: Since I know nothing about tech and my husband's no longer with me, if I have problems with tech, then is there someone – and in particular, in my home, I've got to set up where you know I've got the Wi-Fi, I've got the router, the modem, et cetera, et cetera – my husband knew about all of those. He knew how to set up all of those. Everything is running fine. But if I ever run into a problem, who should I go? Because somebody was gonna, is going to have to come into my home probably to unhook everything or to, you know check everything. So who should mm-hmm. I go to for that kind of tech help?
4: Well, it is difficult to suggest who specifically, but you can look up some local IT companies there in Oxford and ask them if they do house calls. I would definitely recommend also reading reviews and making sure that it sounds like they're, you know, uh, doing the doing the work properly. Um, so just just investigating them online, seeing what kind of a presence they have in your community, uh, will help a lot with finding someone that you could trust to come into your home to assist you with those things.
6: Okay, there is a computer store here. Um, I break, you break, I fix, or something like that. So I guess I could start there and ask them, perhaps if they uh, know of someone, in case I ever need some. I don't need someone right now. Yes. But in
4: case uh, they probably get calls for those types of things, and they probably have a company that they can recommend. But you could also just um, you could Google Oxford PC repair, and you should be able to find. Uh, Places in Oxford, Mississippi, that uh, will uh, be able to assist you with that. Remember to ask them if they do house calls or site calls.
6: Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the information. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Hey, we appreciate the call from uh, Oxford this morning, Esther. You could call us up. Uh, the number is one mpb ring one 672 We'll take a break here, and when we come back, we'll have more of your phone calls, and uh, we'll dig into some more stuff, including why Twitter is so sorry that it inadvertently used your phone number for ads. And we had it again, Jeremy. Are you ready? Yesterday, Jason Klein and I were discussing... Some LED covers for the current old filament can lights that we have in each of our studios. Don't do
2: it, Jay. Don't do it. <laughs> and guess what <laughs> showed up on my man's it.
1: timeline on Facebook this or last night, actually? Amazon ads for can lights.
4: Leave but
1: it. you know, that's not how that works. We'll take a break. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>
0: Listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio.
1: Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. During the break, Java and I were discussing what the JavaScript would actually be. Some sort of uh, submission is all I know. That just sounds – the JavaScript sounds like a submission. It doesn't sound like some big power move, some big power
2: move. What's so funny about that, man, my name Java, I've met maybe a handful of people with my actual name. And no, it's not a nickname. It's my actual name, Java. And my mom went to a conference way back when, and, you know, it was like a tech thing. And they had this big leather jacket by the company uh, Java um i think yeah you with the with the coffee logo yeah i had this mm-hmm. nice leather jacket with java on the back she was trying so hard to get there for me because <laughs> you know she was like this is my son's name you know right. it's your company but it will be you something. tell her
1: you got your own line of like uh energy drinks
2: and stuff now i i got everything man i got so many coffee houses i don't i can't even oh, count them all Not many, right? i think
4: the uh <laughs> javascript sounds like a netflix special it
1: does or like uh some sort of like Pelican Brief uh, <laughs> the fo- jo- prequel or something the like that. JavaScript. JavaScript, <laughs> right. All right, 1877 MPB ring. 1877 672 7464. We touched briefly earlier, Jeremy, on the the impending release of the PlayStation Five. We're still more than a year out from it, or I would probably about a year away. It's gonna be released in time for a holiday twenty twenty. Um but here in the last, this, since this summer started, we've been introduced to things like um, the the Apple Arcade and, and things like specifically, um, is it uh, Google Stadia? Um, that are going to be, and we've talked about this on the show, they are going to be video gaming platforms that you play through your PC, but the hardware is all on their end. And it's not there's not even downloading. It's it's all of the experience um, is on your end and all of the I guess all of the the heavy lifting is on on their end and not in your house. Uh, So do you think that's something that could ultimately kind of shift where the console game is going? Could that cut into these next gen in home uh, uh, platform sales?
4: If they can provide a seamless enough experience between the player and the game, absolutely. And that's what Google is claiming they're doing with the Stadia, which I believe just plugs – straight. yeah, it's, it, it goes straight into your TV. It doesn't go to your computer. It can go straight to your TV uh, through a, a Chromecast. Um, and the uh, – Lego oh, that's true. I that- didn't even
1: think about that. I was just thinking about the fact that you can open up – um, you can open up Chrome on your PC and literally play it in a Chrome tab. But yeah, you're right. right; you don't even have to do that. You don't even have to, you don't even need your PC.
4: Yeah, the Stadia um, the the leg up that I believe Google has on this experience is the fact that they're providing an actual controller, whereas the Apple Arcade is just uh, subscription to games on your devices. Uh, But there's no specific controller to hone that experience in. So you might see Apple coming forth with a controller eventually. But I think that Google's got the right idea with this to give that more of a console-like feel. Uh, They're providing that uh, to be part of the experience. Because otherwise it would just be games on some mobile device and that's not really that different, but the idea here is that uh, you'll just pay a monthly fee to have access to a uh, certain uh, library and that they provide, uh, then of course you would buy games additional that you would just add to your digital library, but there's no console, there's nothing and it's just a controller that that hooks up to a chromecast it connects you to that service so if if they can pull it off if if uh, lag is not a major issue uh, uh, and with what they're promising i really don't see how it can't be but it's google and they're pretty good at this technology thing so yeah. i'm i've got my pre-order for my stadia and the only thing that concerns me a little bit is that we still don't actually have a release date for the stadia yeah it just says november 2019 so and that's coming it's that 's a little concerning that a month ahead of the release of this uh, supposed uh, game changing uh, setup that we don 't even have an actual release date
1: yeah that is interesting it, it, it is it, the concept though seems really cool that you I mean again, I mean you could take your video games with you wherever you go and play them, and you don 't have to you know pack up all of this hardware into you know a case or anything like that, like you uh, have had to previously. Let's go to the phones. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Don is up in Fulton. Don, good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you this morning?
1: Excellent, man. Thanks for calling from all the way up in Tishomingo County.
7: Yeah. Um. My my question is, you know how when you uh, like change your password, or whatever in Gmail, and they'll text you a verification code. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I feel like someone and I. I really feel like someone's been trying to hack me and get into my account. And I've got two or three text messages over the last six months. And it was at times that I thought someone was trying to get into it. And then send me, uh, your new verification code is this. And it would be texted to me. My question is, how easy is it for someone to do that? And if they do it, what information can they gain?
1: And before well, you answer that, let me say this. I, I meant to say Etiwamba and not Tishomingo. And Don, you are a, a jewel for not correcting me. <laughs>
7: That's okay. My mother lives in Tishomingo County. My daddy lives in
4: Etiwamba. So you didn't do that for bad thing. They're,
1: they're close by, but i still got it wrong. So I appreciate it. <laughs> All
0: right, okay, Jayden. so...
4: Uh, for someone to be texting you the code, um, it wouldn't do them any good. They would have to get you to text them the code. So if someone's trying to access your email and you have two-factor authentication set up, you should be getting the code when you're not trying to access your email. So if that is happening, then someone at least knows your password and they're trying to get that code but they're running up against that every time. The only way you're going to compromise yourself is if you were to give that code to someone that texted you asking for it. But it sounds okay. like you know better than to do that. So I think right. you're okay there. Now, the only other way that something like this could be compromised, or, well, I say the only other way, the only obvious way would be if somebody got your phone or they were to steal your phone number. Now, this has happened to people where uh, they have called into uh, one phone company or another and somehow gotten enough information across to verify the account and get the number changed, or uh, to get the uh, SIM card to swap the number over to another phone. But that would involve a sophisticated attack on you specifically, and is doesn't sound like anything like that would be happening. But keeping that code safe is of the utmost importance. So as long as you don't share that with anybody, you should be just fine.
7: Okay, so my my last question, and I appreciate that, that does uh, answer what I'm asking, but my last question is this. Uh how, how easy is it to get uh, my text messages? In other words, as far as I know, I'm the only one that's got my phone. No one else has access to my phone. But how, how easy is it to get access to my text messages?
4: Well, that depends on your phone. Do you keep a code on it? Do you, uh, do you let other people use it? Uh, they would you have know. to have your device in hand, or they would have to, like I explained before, steal your number uh, through your provider and social engineering. So it, it would be rather difficult. It's not impossible, but it's 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 a pretty difficult task. Well,
1: Don, what kind of phone do you say you have again? Android. Now, like, and I, I use Straight Talk. Well, here's the thing. Android now has – you have your Google Messages app. Um, that you can use instead of whatever your phone's native messaging app is and one of the cool features about that is that it can you you kind of like the way that the Mac and Apple has worked for the longest time you can actually go to a website if you go if you just if you if you google google messages there's actually a website that you can go to that will display your text message kind of layout in front of you and you can actually text from your PC through your Android now there's you have to there's a there's a uh, QR code that you have to connect to to, to sync everything up and uh, you know after a while that expires but there is a possibility that if you're using something like that and you leave a computer kind of open that, that somebody could go in there behind you. After a little while and, you know, kind of, you know, do whatever they want to with your text messages, including send texts that would look like they're, they're coming from your phone. So that's something to be wary of.
7: OK, and if someone did, and I appreciate your patience, but if someone yeah. did like get my uh, number and uh, hack it, like, I mean, like you said, that would be pretty sophisticated. And I don't think that these people have that sophistication. But if they did, I would know that they've got my number because I'd lose access to it. Correct.
4: Yes, unless, like uh, Jay said, uh, if they were using something like the Google Messages, if you had that connected to a computer. But that would require you to log into it and to put your authentication code in that computer and also not log out of it. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. That's my question. I enjoy your
1: show. Don, we appreciate the call this morning from not Tishamingo County. <laughs> uh, Thank you. <laughs> no problem. You try to get cute and act like you know what's going on, and that's when you screw things up. Yeah. But by the way, <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the messages it's com. if you have an android phone and you've always kind of been jealous of your ios friends who are always texting from their computer you know i wish i could do that like my wife me looking at my wife and she's texting <laughs> texting all her friends from her from her mac and uh it, it is a really cool feature although i, I will say that uh, you do need to kind of pay attention to where you're logged into make sure you're not uh, left out and stuff. I, Java follows me behind in the studio and here all the time, and he logs me out of everything because he's a jewel, salt of the earth, uh, clean-cut Jones, as we call him. Uh, he oh, could hi. put, he really could put the JavaScript on me if he wanted to, uh, me leaving myself logged in all the time. It's going to happen eventually, sooner or later. But uh, that Android message is, if, if you would like... If you have an Android and you would like to text from your PC or, or, or something or your laptop, whatever it is, that's, uh, it's a pretty cool option. And it's about time. And it's something they're actually putting work into. So, uh, Don, and what's that address again? It's messages.google.com.
7: Well, thank you very, very
1: much. Don, we appreciate the call. Let's uh, go ahead and go to Steve, who is in a car north of Jackson in an undescript, nondescript county. Steve, uh, welcome. Good morning.
3: Hello. I was listening to your show, and you were commenting on how your phone or computer might be listening to you, and yesterday I was up on the roof cleaning gutters and thinking about how my roof might need replacing and an hour later, after I got down, I got an email from Angie's List offering up shingle prices, and (laughs) and I I thought that was...
4: So you didn't even say anything out loud? The phone read your mind? (laughs) Or knew I was standing on top of the roof, you know. Oh, man. Wow. It's worse than we thought, Jay.
1: That's wild. That's wild.
4: Yeah, is, you know, wow. we
1: we talked about this I don't know, maybe it was a month or two ago and uh a fella called in who's got a background in IT and he was he was super adamant and I'm not trying to make light of it at all. Uh he was he was very passionate about his opinion, so I mean, I'm not gonna tell him he's wrong, but you know, he was adamant that things like Facebook and stuff like that, that they're they're not paying attention to what you browse to or you know, the things that you say, like your phone is not Recording your conversations, although I do have a story here that talks about how uh, Twitter is apologized, apologizing for inadvertently using your phone number for ads. But, uh, yeah, that is pretty wild that uh, if, if they're going to the lengths of knowing that, you know, you're in a residential neighborhood and off the ground a certain height that, oh, he must be on a roof. Maybe he needs shingles. Uh, that's pretty wild steve we appreciate the call man
4: all right so jay i was uh i was in the store the other day and i was looking for canned tomatoes uh we were (laughs) making spaghetti sauce and you know i was like i've never you know here i am looking for canned tomatoes and uh the next day in my uh, google feed uh, whenever I open up Chrome, it gives me a lot of you know articles that I'm interested in and whatnot. Oh yeah. And one of one of the articles it was it was suggesting to me is the best canned tomatoes, which brands taste superior, and.
1: Somebody had to write that article. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, yeah, that
4: was the Huffington Post. So the Huffington Post (laughs) knew I was looking at canned tomatoes, and they posted this article just for me, shot it down the pipelines for all the canned tomato shoppers out there. So I thought it was weird, though, because I have had some things pop up in my my Google feed that I've only been talking about I haven't searched for. So it – I'm still, all, I'm, I'm still believing that the microphone's working, whether they say it is or isn't. And uh, we, of course, love to hear everybody's opinions on this. So um, maybe nobody agrees. I think Jay does, though. And you said that you were talking with Jason about what lights, and then they were popping up on Amazon.
1: Well, that's what it is. Uh, yesterday, we were we were looking for. We have some old school, uh, you know, filament light. Uh, can lights uh, in our studios. And we're like, hey, these burn out. Let's have the ones that don't burn out for like years. Let's get LED. I mean, this is 2014 after all. Um, So he said, why don't you search some up? Uh, And I did. I went on Amazon and searched some up and I sent him a link to some that I thought might work. And uh, so we talked about it a little bit, and then lo and behold, later that night in his Facebook feed, he's got some ads from Amazon. About some LED can light fills and stuff like that. So yeah,
2: but guys,
4: you well, know, in a real, I would be concerned uh, <laughs> if if you don't get some ads popping up on your phone for a calendar, man, because it's 2019. Right, I had to call you on that.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just talking about how we're you know here we're a little late to the LED game, at least in that right, regard.
2: Right. But you guys know, know in a real way, um, I know it's not a, a such thing as a master computer, but we are composites, you know, to uh, a lot of these uh, uh, companies and things like that because they can basically search all of our, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we log into everything from Twitter to Facebook and Instagram and Google and, well, the you Whether the companies know,
1: that control... Information.
2: Like, they know that I am a, a, a public radio employee slash DJ slash yeah. dad that loves pizza, and they, you know, they cater to me. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: That's it, exactly. So, here's the story about Twitter. Uh, the company announced yesterday that it may have, by mistake, it promises, inadvertently used phone numbers submitted by some users for the intended purpose of account security. To actually better target those users with ads. Zoinks. Oh, man. Specifically, the company said that the email and phone numbers uploaded by some Twitter users for two factor authentication in Itawama County had uh, somehow ended up in its tail, somehow. Jeremy, ended up in its tailored audiences uh-huh. and partner audiences advertising systems.
4: Well, they were right next to each other in the computer. The, the files <laughs> the were I mean, they were system. literally right next to each other on the desktop. So <laughs> we, we just accidentally dragged one over into the other one. Uh, we, uh, it was uh, I, OK. My thing is I'm, I'm a little furious about this because you're taking something that people are using in the name of security. Yes. And you're abusing it for advertising. That's not okay because people aren't going to trust that as much because now it's not doing it for security. It's doing it for security plus whatever else they want to use it for, which is not okay. So I hope that something happens to Twitter for this in the terms of uh, legal ramifications because it, it, you, it's not all right to abuse our our belief in security and use it, no it for doubt. something like that.
1: That's, that's an exploit, no doubt, and it's, it seems like something that you could probably pretty easily bring some sort of class action against uh we got just a couple of minutes left and we want to get our last call ron from saltillo and ron good morning how's it going
3: well good morning Uh, last time i talked to you i was headed out to alien fest out at area 51 (laughs) i wanted to let you guys know i made it back but the thing is yeah your phones are listening to you other thing is they're reading your mind you know they have all the rfid and stuff we agreed at alien fest the best thing was um Wrap your phone in aluminum foil, and make you one of those tinfoil hats. <laughs> um, you know, and it, if you're up on the roof and you have your tinfoil hat on, they can't read it. So, you know, it's or even if even if they have a drone,
1: or can it get that reflective symbol uh, uh, signal? Excuse me, can it see that if you if you have the tinfoil hat on and it reflects the symbol? Closer oh. than what you would guys, do on the ground.
4: Guys, it's oh. 2014. They have developed technology <laughs> to get through the tinfoil. It's already happened. It's that was one of the first things they oh, invented once on people it. started wearing tinfoil hats. <laughs>
1: They've been working on this for a long time. Well, I, uh, now you've got to use saran wrap. Oh,
3: In addition to the tinfoil?
1: In lieu of, maybe. I don't know.
3: Okay. I, well, you know, when I was growing up, they taught us in those drills we used to do in school using newspaper to get the ball out. Oh, know. absolutely. But, but anyway, uh, you guys, I'm, I'm from Ronnie Agnew's hometown. That's right. Hello. And we, I'm a Ron, too. So tell Ronnie, um, happy birthday tomorrow. Happy
1: birthday to the boss, the big boss.
3: The big boss, he's a good boy from here, went south
1: and done good. That's right. Ryan, we thank you for the call this morning, and thanks for finishing us off there. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty funny. In lieu I don't, of. In lieu of, right? <laughs> uh, Ezra would say something like vis-a-vis or something in French that I don't know how that works. Anyway, so, yeah, Twitter, That's that's good stuff, huh? Twitter seems like it's on the up and up, right? that they're they're oh, totally sorry. forthright with all of their dealings and and I mean that place is a cesspool to begin with and it happens to be the one <laughs> that I'm it happens to be the one that I am addicted to out of I mean Shots I, don't, I don't have a problem with Facebook and I don't have a problem I, I don't even understand the purpose of Instagram because all of the other ones that were already there all serve the same purpose and you can do the same thing I've downloaded. They Instagram. already had all the
4: numbers from Facebook. Right. So they just moved them over to Instagram. They were right next to each other. <laughs> Files across the street. <laughs> the
1: filing, the Manila filing folders were right next to each other in the filing cabinet, and they just spilled into one another. It could happen to anybody. Jeremy, thanks for your help this morning, and uh, Wilt's get better, man. We'll talk to him again next Wednesday when we do Everyday Tech again, and stay tuned. Doctor Jimmy Stewart is coming up with Southern Remedy right here on MPB Think Radio.